Welcome to the Joe Bin Sports Show. Today we're going to be talking about free agents and where we would like to see them uh, going, what uniform they should be wearing. Um, and then we're going to go into our NL Central and our NL East preview. So, Vinny, uh, starting, we're going to go off of Pro Football Focus's top 50 available free agents. We're going to go through every single one. Obviously, some of them we're going to brush past because we know they're going back to their team. So, number one, we got Drew Brees. Obviously, he's going back to New Orleans. Um, so, we'll just pass right over him. New Orleans. <laughs> Orleans. <laughs> uh, then we got Dak Prescott. Um, reports are the Cowboys offered him a big deal, but he's still unhappy with it. Yeah. That's outrageous. What did they offer? It was $100 million guaranteed. Dude, he's insane. Yeah. I, I, is any team going to give him more than that in free agency? Uh, no. I mean... I like, mean, I think the Colts are pretty conservative like with their number. Like, I don't think they're breaking the bank for a quarterback. Um, Chargers, definitely known as one of the cheaper teams out there, right? They're yeah. Not, they're not signing him to a mega deal. Well, I think they're grabbing a quarterback in the draft, too. So, a lot of these teams are going young. Belichick's like not paying you know, top flight for a quarterback. Right. Um, I don't know what he's seen. (laughs) Like, is he just hoping, I mean, I know we're talking about free agents, but like the Dak thing just baffles me, man. I think it's, I think he's working on his back pay for starting for the last four years and getting paid the rookie minimum on a fourth round contract. I think he's more looking at the back pay of it, you know, and that's why he wants extra money. No, he definitely is. And he's looking at the salary cap going up and he's looking at, you know, the recency bias, like the new quarterback gets paid. But like, I just don't see it, man. Like I, I, if I'm Jerry Jones, it's almost like, do you play with fire and tell him good luck? Yeah. It's a, it's a tough situation because if they don't have Dak, who do they have? Right. And that's why they have to pay extra for him. Um, Other teams don't necessarily, you know, to keep a quarterback in house, you got to pay a lot more money or you, you get a home discount every now and again. But again, he's been paying on uh, playing on the cheap. For the last four years and he's not happy about it so let, let me ask you this hypothetical here if you were the gm of the cowboys would you rather sign dak to a six-year 130 million dollar deal or if you could somehow work out a two-year deal for tom brady <laughs> i feel like i would go with uh the six-year deal with dak i mean he's only four years in i mean he's probably just scratching the surface he's done obviously very well in his young career and especially for a fourth round pick Will he get you a Super Bowl? That's the big question, and that's what Jerry wants. That's all that matters to And me. I think Jerry is coming to an end of his, or he's starting to feel like, hey, I better go get the Super Bowl now, and maybe Dak's not that guy within a year or two. Maybe Dak in four or five years is more like a Russell Wilson type of guy, and he's winning you a lot of games in the playoffs. But he could be. But I, I look at it like if Jerry's trying to win today for this next two years, like you've got cap issues, obviously. Cooper, you got to pay. Zeke. Who knows how long Zeke's going to last? You know, he's right. he's awesome, but one of the most physical runners in the game, right? So th- how many more years does he have left? The offensive line, as amazing as it is, they're going to age. You know, they're, they're already getting, getting beat up. They have guys missing games all the time right now. The defense already, like, is, is weathering with injuries and getting old in certain areas. So... Yeah, I, I just know, think man. it's. I, I think I'm just, I'm a, maybe I'm not a Dak believer. I'm imagining Dak in like any other uniform, and I just can't see it. You know, it's I just one of those guys you just can't see him in any other uniform in a Cowboys I, uniform. I could, I just couldn't see another team breaking the bank for him. Yeah, that's just me. Well, the Jaguars but, did break the bank for Nick Foles last year, right? So it's like teams are willing to just go. Hey, you know what? Screw it. Maybe Dak does do a teams. two-year deal and gets paid thirty million a year for two years. You know, I mean, there's a bunch of possibilities out there. Yeah. 
Um, okay. So moving on to the next quarterback, it's Tom Brady. He's ranked as three on here. Um, but like we talked about in our last pod, he is the domino, right? So once mm-hmm. he goes, we'll know what everything what's going to happen. Um, Tom Brady to the Cowboys makes too much sense. You know, and it's like to win now, they got Amari Cooper, they got Zeke, they got the offensive line, they have a formidable defense. Jerry's obviously in a win now mode. Um, I, this is the only reason why I feel like Dak won't resign is that the Cowboys, you know what, we're getting Tom. Yeah, I, I just look at it similar to all the rumors that have come out with the Niners is there's just a lot of moving parts that have to happen in the next week in order for that to like, like happen, yeah. right? Like, I just don't know if like the team's willing to like blow it up um, to make that happen. So I, as much as it makes sense, I just don't see it. I, again, I'm sticking with my guns. I think he's a, he's a Titan next Thursday. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think it's a done deal. I think so, too. It's just sounding more and more like he's going to go there and be with Vrabel. Um, they're like best friends, you know, off the field and stuff. So I do see that happening. Yeah. So the next veteran quarterback is Phillip Rivers. Um, God. What, what <laughs> prediction or like where would you like to see him? Where do you think is the best fit? Like where would so like everyone's take been the money saying, out, obviously. Like everyone's been know, saying but. the Colts are probably the best fit for him with that offense. You know, the short passing game. You know, it's kind of what the West Coast offense is kind of what he rolls with. It's kind of the same offense they ran in uh, Los Angeles with the Chargers. Um, but if I was a team, I'm not paying for these old quarterbacks. You know, unless your team is absolutely stacked and you're missing just a quarterback. Phillip Rivers isn't changing your team in any way. You're better off going with a younger, more electric quarterback. We got at least five guys in the draft this year. There was There's a bunch of young quarterbacks in the league that are ready to play. You even got guys like Ryan Tannehill, uh, which will come up next. Teddy Bridgewater. You got these guys that are available. Marcus Mariota. You know, I think okay, you're about to take a shot. What's your, what's your prediction on it? Rivers is going somewhere and he's starting game one. Yeah, somewhere. and I think it's the Colts. You think it's the Colts? Mm-hmm. I uh-huh. think the Colts feel like they're that one piece away, and it's the quarterback. I heard a rumor earlier this week, and I I kind of like it. Well, I think there's two spots for Rivers. I think Oakland's a dark horse. See, I think Gruden loves those vets, and Rivers can step in immediately and give them that West Coast passing attack. You know he's obviously not afraid to thread the needle and not be such a bitch like, you know, Carr could be on yeah. fourth and one in the end zone and he throws it out of bounds. Like, yeah. that will not be Rivers, you know. And I think I could see that. I could also see which this one I heard the rumor of and it didn't make too much sense to me from like a scheme fit. But a lot of people were linking him to Arians down at Tampa. Yeah, and Arians does make sense with the Bucks. Um, he does have one of those offenses that there's a gunslinging offense. His quarterback puts up numbers and Rivers will take hits. Rivers will take the hits and Rivers is going to go deep. He's got the receivers there and he's going to huck and chuck. Um, and you can see, I can see Rivers playing for uh, the Bucks and, you know, he's moved his whole fame into Florida. Yeah, there's all those little talks. I just don't know if it makes too much sense from like, he has no arm, man. Yeah, it's like, gone. I, I, watching Rivers, you know, it's like every time I see him try to attempt a pass over 15 yards, it's just like yeah. dies. So, yeah, there's nothing really there. I left. don't know. I, mean, I, I could see it from like the, the top end, but I just don't think he, like Arians will look at him and be like, how is this guy going to get the ball to Mike Evans and, you know, 50 yards down the field? Yeah, I can I also know. see Phillip Rivers actually going into the season with no contract. As, and and a quarterback gets hurt or something like early in the season, I can see him getting picked up. A new Favre watch. I don't. Yeah, I don't see him doing like a one-year, ten million-dollar deal. 
You know, he's like, no, I want to get paid like a starting quarterback, and I don't know what teams are gonna go out there for a guy that's arm is just falling apart. Yeah. You know, and he's no, he's no Drew Brees. So, so on the Ryan Tannehill, uh, he's a really interesting one. Um, obviously, he came out of college as a what, wide receiver, and he's been progressing as a quarterback every year. Injuries have totally derailed him. He was in the Miami Dolphins system, which wasn't the greatest, with Adam Gase doing whatever the hell he was doing down there. So let's say Brady goes to Tennessee. Then Tannehill's not getting re-signed there. Well, yeah, what I'm saying is where do you think he goes? So that's the thing. So you got the Raiders, right? So everyone's talking about how they want to bring in Marcus Mariota as a veteran backup for Carr. Like, it's like they're all chips in on Carr, you know? And it's like, I don't know how much of those rumors are true. If they sign a quarterback, Carr is gone. No, for sure. And that's what I think, too. Now, do they think Ryan Tannehill is better than Derek Carr? And I feel like they're all, they're very parallel. Like Ryan Tanhill, Marcus Mariota, Derek Carr. I feel like they're all very the same grade. They are, but I think, I think Gruden has seen three years of Carr and recognizes he's not the guy for him. Right. And so I think they're adding someone next week. I just don't know who. Yeah. And so you're saying Tannehill to the Raiders. Dude, an interesting one could be, what if Tannehill swaps to Brady and goes it's to the, the Patriots? I like it. Um, I can see the Patriots making some really wild moves, especially with all these quarterbacks on the market. I can, and we'll get to this. I think another quarterback will be going to the Patriots um, if Tom Brady leaves, and we'll get to that guy later. But there's a guy I have in mind for the Patriots there. Um, but I feel like all these franchises are pretty committed to their quarterbacks, you know, all the way through, whether they're average or not. But a it's one of those them. things they want to throw away their above average quarterback and potentially get a below average quarterback. <laughs> That doesn't fit their system. Yeah. You know, so Ryan Tannehill is going to be a really interesting one. Um, I honestly would like to see him stay in Tennessee and keep on plugging yeah. away with what he's been doing. Because obviously he had a lot of success last year. And um, I don't see the Titans. If they don't get Tom Brady, I don't see them letting Tannehill go. You know, oh, yeah. You know, they're well, going to sign him if Brady doesn't sign there. Yeah, I agree. Um, the next person finally getting out of quarterbacks, it's Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper, they're saying he's going to resign with Dallas, and but they're dealing with a lot of crap with uh, yeah, <laughs> their salary cap, man. Well, yeah, like how do you sign Cooper and Dak? Right. And even if you franchise one, how do you pay the other? Like, who's the one that gets paid? Like, I don't know, man. I, yeah, I don't know. Let, let's assume Amari goes. Where, where Amari you? Cooper, what I've learned when he was on the Raiders, and then he went to the Cowboys, is he has to be in the right system. Okay, like Amari Cooper is not your Julio Jones or Larry Fitzgerald. You just throw out there and just, mm-hmm. okay, he's going to catch 100 balls. You have to put Amari in the right situation. Because yep. with the Raiders, I mean, really, he was a draft bust. Mm-hmm. You know, he was an absolute draft bust. And we got a fir- the Raiders got a first-round pick for him. Yep. You know, so I think the Raiders did win in that scenario, even though he's been going off with the Cowboys. Uh, but I feel like they did a great job in that scheme. So his best choice, I think, is staying with Dallas. I think he goes anywhere else. There's a big bust risk. He goes to the wrong system, wrong quarterback, and all of a sudden he's back to his 45 catch a year. Yeah, Amari Cooper. Yeah. So the the top teams with cap space, because someone's going to break them off. Yeah. Dolphins, Colts, Bills, Bucks, Cowboys are actually up there, but I think a lot of their contracts aren't haven't really kicked yeah. in yet. Then you've got the Giants, the Browns, the Texans. I don't think he's going to go to a, a bad team. You know, he's going to sign somewhere where he can, you know, compete and, and win. Indy's kind of an interesting spot for him. Um, yeah, I think the New York Giants are too. 
young quarterback. Young quarterback, Saquon. They're trying to build that team up, you know, give him some uh, – give the young quarterback, Danny Dimes, um, some options there. So I can see Amari Cooper going to the New York Giants, and you see it a lot where the guys stay in the same division. So the Cowboys mm-hmm. who don't sign him, I can see him walking and going to New York. Yeah. Or even okay. – how are the New York Jets cap space? Because I can see them going for a receiver too if they have the cap 14. space for well, it. Well, it's going to depend with them on Robbie Anderson and what happens there. Yeah, and I think that depends on if they're able to sign a guy like Amari Cooper, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then we go down the list. We got Chris Jones uh, for the Chiefs, the D lineman. Um, he graded at 85 last year at Pro Football Focus. That's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, um, he's a stud, man. He's a stud. I don't see the Chiefs letting him just walk, obviously. Uh, I can see them putting a franchise tag on him because they just uh, paid out, uh, what's his name? Uh, the other D lineman. <laughs> Oh, um, Frank Clark. Frank Clark. So they just paid Frank Clark a ton of money. So I don't know how you can pay two edge rushers like $20 million a year, you know. On and top the, of you have the biggest contract in the NFL that's coming yeah. down the pipeline. So Yeah, so I don't know. Um, He's going to be a swing. I can see him getting franchise tag. He's only 26. And yeah. then we'll probably be talking more about him next year. Um, then we go down to Anthony Harris. Um, he played last year. He had a, <laughs> a 91.6 grade in coverage last year. Um, and he is one of those guys where a team is going to pay out for this guy. Mm-hmm. And he is definitely a bus factor because of the fact that he hasn't had multiple years in a row of success. And last year was a huge year on a contract year. So there's a lot of teams out there that just need a safety, like the Raiders need a safety. You know, that's a simple one. Um, and the Raiders that. have a ton of cap space. So I can see Mayock going after guys like an Anthony Harris and maybe getting a cheaper deal. Yeah, this one has like a Redskins all over him or somebody <laughs> like jumping Yeah, for sure. And just way overpaying for it. Yeah. Um, but the one I find really interesting is the next guy. It's Byron Jones from the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. It's a, Everyone already knows he is not going to be a Cowboy next year. Yeah. Because um, they just can't sign him. Um, everyone needs a corner. Yep. And Byron Jones is legit. And I think that guy is going to get paid, no matter what, very early in free agency, too. I could see the Dolphins making a play for him. Um, is being a team that is saying, hey, look, we are going to infuse a ton of youth into this team. It's you know They're going to rebuild here going forward. Um, you forget, too, their coaching staff comes from New England. They need their Stephon Gilmore, their one corner that can like really lock someone down and then like shape the rest of the defense. So that's kind of an interesting name and one to watch, I think. Um, that's that's kind of my prediction. Um, I could see them going there. I could also see the, see the Giants um, going there. The Giants typically in that GM will Gettleman will draft um, front seven guys and yeah. build through the line. So I could see him spending some money because their defense is completely like just horrific. So they need some playmakers on the defensive side of the ball, or they are going to be really bad again next year. Yeah, I agree. Um, next guy we got Chris Harris Jr. Um, he is 31 going into this year, and he his coverage was 66.8 on Pro Football Focus last year. Not great, not bad, you know. He's going to sign a one-year deal somewhere at yeah. 31 as a corner. You know, a one-year deal, prove a deal. Um, that could be anybody. Yeah. <laughs> it could be back with the Broncos, you know. It could be literally anybody to sign him to a one-year deal, and that could be really late in free agency Yeah, as well. corners are tough just because, like you said, everybody needs one. Anybody with marginal cap space is going to be a player. I think he's definitely more being that he's on the backside of his career, someone that's a contender. Um, yeah. You know, I could see them making a play or him wanting to go to a, a, a place like that. So um, tough to predict that one. 
The next guy is really interesting. I mean, who, yeah, I'll let you go. But are we talking to AJ Green or Jameis? AJ. So AJ, you know, the rumors are they're going to franchise him. Um, and people are talking a lot of bad things about the Bengals. Um, I saw an interesting stat where they were within games. I think like 15 out of their 16 games, they were within like four points. You wow, know, that's crazy. They're they're not a terrible team. You know, and then they had a huge overhaul last year with head coach, you know, and now they got the number one overall draft pick coming in. AJ Green, they just told him to take the year off last year so they can get the <laughs> first overall pick. Now the Bengals are interesting with Joe Mixon, and then you got AJ Green potentially, you got Tyler Boyd, um, and Ross. You know, so there's a lot of skill guys now the offensive line, you know, that might be hindering Burrow's first year, but um, I think the Bengals are actually gonna be pretty decent i'm not saying they're going to be like 11 and 5 or anything like that but yeah i can see them rattling off seven wins this next year with burrow yeah if they get aj green back healthy i'm gonna play two sides of the coin here number one if you're bringing in a first overall pick in burrow you want aj green on your team right when he's healthy he's still you know an awesome player um you you know that's a welcoming sight for burrow to walk in with two three four weapons around them and have like some decent support group um the other side of the coin though is like do you want your young quarterback who's just getting introduced to the nfl with a, a you know malcontent like receiver he does not want to be there he like blames the Bengals for his ankle situation and like you know practicing on that field that was like not ready to play on man if he's going to be a distraction and a problem the Bengals, if they were a good organization, would move him and get some <laughs> and get a second or maybe probably a third or fourth round pick for mm-hmm. him and just go and draft a receiver. It's the deepest wide receiver class we've seen in years. Yeah. Move on from him, wipe the slate clean, and have a happy locker room when this kid at Burrow arrives. They're not gonna do that. This mm-hmm. is a team that like bar- try to bury Carson Palmer's career. <laughs> you know, like they, they're not gonna like yeah. just make a move to like that's like the smart decision. So. Yeah, and the one thing with AJ Green though, I do see him as more of a Larry Fitzgerald, Julio Jones. He doesn't really talk, you know, off right. the field. He's not a uh, locker room problem. I just know? think he's so fed up with the organization, like everyone becomes with Cincinnati. You know, it's like, is this guy gonna be doing the extra effort to like get on the same page with Burrow? Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. If he, if someone told me he would be Larry Fitzgerald and be that like role model type guy, yeah. Oh my gosh! Like, I just sign don't. Him I just don't understand like these receivers. You know, they they'll take this big contract from these crappy teams. You know, just to get the contract, and it's like you need the pieces in place, right? Yeah. You want a quarterback. They need an offensive line. And AJ Green signed like a four or five year deal with them. You mm-hmm. know, when he was 27, 28, after he was already proven. What he can do, any team in the league would assign him to a mega deal, and he's decided to go back to the Bengals. Yeah, he didn't have to. <laughs> you know, it makes no sense to me when these guys do this, and he's at fault here for putting himself in this situation with the Bengals. Nope, I hear you. Take he, the money, pay the consequences for sure. Exactly. Let's and do, let's do one more. Um, Jameis, our man, man. the man. So guy, this guy realized he needed eye surgery finally, and uh, he's re- ready to rock and roll. Hey man, the guy can see now. <laughs> the guy I mean he, what I love about Jameis he's fun to watch as a fan you know he's he's always on the red zone channel whether it's positive or negative right I mean if you're watching red zone Jameis occupies the red he, zone he channel he created when he a plays. 30 and 30 club like he's the man but no one reminds me of it's Brett Favre you know yeah. I'm not saying he is as good as Brett Favre or anything but like if you gave Jameis 20 years in the NFL his stats might actually hit Brett Favre's on touchdowns and interceptions yep you know he's on pace for that so it's like 
if he's in the right system, he could actually go nuts. And again, if you have a good defense that can actually hold where, with his where turnovers. Would you, where would you like to see Jameis land? I want to see Jameis as a Raider so goddamn bad it's insane. And it's because I've been used to Derek Carr for six years of conservative quarterback play. And I want to see a quarterback that tries to throw for touchdowns. Dude, the minute he throws a pick six, which will be about four minutes into <laughs> the first quarter of the first game, Gruden will lose his shit. It, yeah, no, and the thing he is... He will drive Gruden crazy. And it, it's just, it's, Jameis is so entertaining. He is your live action Looney Tune character in the NFL. I mean, the way he tries to escape in the pocket, the way he throws, the way he talks, everything Jameis does is a Looney Tune character, and it's hilarious. <laughs> I, I, I'd like to see Jameis in San Diego, or L.A., um it's san diego yes yeah, <laughs> they're moving into that new stadium they're you know obviously the kind of little brother of the rams and what they you know it's their stadium they're just a tenant um this would be a way for them to put themselves on the map they're a good team man you got keenan allen there you've got um mike williams if they re-sign hunter henry they just signed austin eckler to an extension dude that team is dangerous if they have a quarterback that's capable so I'd love to see Jameis down there and just flying high late on NFL DFS slates on Sunday afternoon. That would be great to see him on the West Coast in the late slates. That would be fantastic. Um, Jameis, I think, is going to be the interesting one, no matter what. I I don't know if we'll see him going as a backup somewhere. You know, at the start of the season. No way, man. Like, does he go to the Patriots and be under somebody? He's not going to New England because they're more of just a precise, like, move the ball methodically down the field type team. He needs to go somewhere where it's going to air it out and let it fly. Um, I don't think Anthony Lynn like really knows what his team is. <laughs> like so, he's yeah. just like, yeah, whatever. This this sounds good to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Jameis, I think, is like the most fun piece in this free fun piece. I'm not saying the best player, but he's the most fun piece on this chessboard when it comes to free agency. I feel like wherever he's going to go, it's going to create entertainment that we want. Yeah. Um, a player I wanted to touch on before we stop because um, I mentioned it earlier is Teddy Bridgewater. I see Teddy going to the Patriots. So mm-hmm. I can see Teddy going to the Patriots, right? He had a couple of years under the um, Drew Brees with the Saints, uh, Sean Payton. I can see him going to New England and actually being very successful because he is a short passer. Yeah. He's not throwing the ball deep. He's not a huck and chuck guy. I think Teddy Bridgewater is a great fit for New England. Um, he's got a little bit of experience. And I feel like he's kind of he's a Belichick type of guy. You know, you always said he's first in the door, last out. You know, he's very disciplined, doesn't get in trouble. So I can see Teddy making that move. The only other guy that is going to be a quote-unquote domino to fall, and I'm curious to see what happens with him if they move him, is Cam. Yeah, I don't see Cam going anywhere. I feel like the Panthers, at least Dude, one year. I think it's like way out there that like they are going to go full-on tank for Trevor, for Trevor Lawrence. They're in, South, they're in Carolina. I mean, that would be you're getting your Andrew Luck, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um it's a new team. It's or it's a new coaching staff. Like they want to make their mark on this. You know, I, if Cam's healthy, I could see them moving him before the draft, which would obviously shake up a ton of stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, I see Carolina more likely picking up one of these guys like a Tannehill, Bridgewater, any of these kind of guys, and keeping Cam and have them as that second guy. And they say, hey, you're coming in to compete because they're not fully in on Cam. And it's like, hey, if come Cam's in and compete. There, Cam's starting. 
You know, I feel like that's the old rhetoric, though. I feel like new Cam, but dude, it's not that with a new coach. And he's not in the graces of Ron Rivera. You know, I feel like he's in the position where he can lose his starting job. Quick. Yeah, but like he's still so like crazy talented when he's healthy. Like it's his job wherever he goes. Like that. That's just the, the name brand. Like if you get Cam Newton, you're gonna market the hell out of him. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he he is a brand, right? So like you're not getting Cam Newton to sit. Um, Last, I guess, question on this, and I always said it three times. Do you think that free agency will be like the full musical chairs on quarterbacks that we're like talking about with all these free agents and all these potential trade possibilities? Or do you think at the end of the day, like we get to Monday of free agency and it's going to be like, eh, it was a little underwhelming? <laughs> I feel like no matter what, it's going to be underwhelming. Because this is like the most exciting free agency we've seen, right? Like you go down the list here and it goes all the way to like 50 players. You're like, wow, these are all guys that are helping teams. And that's how it always starts, right? Like the New York Jets come out with a bang and sign the top three guys. And then it's just like kind of fizzles. And the best teams usually stay out or they make a few small signings to kind of patch up some holes on their team. And, you know, the Redskins and the Jets win free agency and, you know, finish dead last in every As always. As always. um, Cool. All right, so moving on to baseball, um, we have our NL Central and NL East uh, previews today or review. Um, so we'll start with the NL Central. Um, there's a couple of intriguing teams here. I think there's four legit teams in this division, and then there's the Pittsburgh Pirates. So we'll just get the Pittsburgh Pirates uh, out of the way. Um, this team is garbage. They are on the competing with uh, the four worst teams in Major League Baseball. And the two guys they do have on their team, Josh Bell and Gregory Polanco, I don't see them staying on the team past July. You know, and then guys, they got Joe, um, Joe Musgrove as a pitcher, Chris Archer, which is, you know, turning out to be a huge bust overall. So we'll see if he can come out at all and do anything. Um, but this team, there's no one even, no one to even talk about. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm with you. I think Archer and Musgrove are fine. You know, they're good. They're decent players. They're going to get moved probably. Um, this team's full on like I, I go through when we're doing these previews top additions top losses guys they added guys they lost and there's zero on both <laughs> like I don't really like see it um, I don't really know what they're doing you know Frazier Reynolds Polanco Bell yeah those guys are you know fine baseball players they're gonna get moved um, I think this team's gonna be like 10-15 games out by the all-star break and you know, like when summer hits and, and they're just going to fire sell. And with so. this division, they might be more than that. It might be. You yeah. Know, um, the next projected worst team, and I think they're going to be a lot better than their projection, is the Cincinnati Reds. So we go to the Reds. I love their pitching staff. You know, and especially playing in that ballpark there. Um, it's a huge hitter's advantage to be there, but these pitchers proved last year that they can step up and man up mm-hmm. in, that, in that ballpark. Luis Castillo might be up for a Cy Young this year. Um, wow. He is that good. Then you got Sonny Gray making a resurgence. You know, last year he did great. I think some players, you know, they just can't handle the Big Apple, you know, and New York and all I'm the I hoopla. Think I think got my boy Bauer. Trevor Bauer, um, obviously, like, he had a down year with the Reds last year, but, you know, that was coming off of changing teams, and you can't really judge him too much on that. Um, he does have a lot of step up to, though, to uh, step up to, though, because he's been in the news more than like any baseball player. I mean, just as much as the Astros guys, and he wasn't even involved in it. <laughs> yeah. So when I mean, when he's on, Trevor Bauer is legit. Yeah. You know. So yeah, I'm with you. I think he has a good year. Yeah. Um, then you have Disca Fani, 
Um, he's young, but he showed some stuff last year. Wade Miley's your uh, vet um, at the five spot, and that's a solid guy you want in the five spot. Yeah, that's my concerns on the team is like the back end of the rotation is one of them. So you just kind of hit on that. Obviously, you know, outside of what three or four teams, the back end of the rotation is always going to be a question mark. Yeah. You know, so I like their bullpen. Iglesias is their closer. Uh, Lorenzen, Amir Garrett's good. Pedro Strop has proved that he can uh, be a solid relief guy through the years. Um, so I think with uh, this team, and you got young guys like a uh, Nick Senzel, mm-hmm. right? That guy's an absolute stud. He's gonna be playing a lot this year. Joey Votto, let's see how much he has in the tank. We know he's gonna probably bat 300, yeah. but how much pop does he have left in his bat? I don't know. Well, I, and I really like that they added two guys right in the heart of this order with Castellanos yep. and Moose. Yeah, um, that's gonna be some much needed power. And Eugenio Suarez. That yeah. guy has tons of power. I yeah. mean, you might see five guys in this lineup hit 30-plus home runs this year. No, for sure. And you've got this guy that they've added, Shogo. Yeah. Um, I don't even know how to say his last name. Akiyami. <laughs> Akiyama. <Yeah>. Sure. Um, <laughs> he's supposed to be you know, an all-star coming out of, I think, Japan. Um, I know there's been a lot written on him, so that's going to be another piece for these guys. Um, you know, I'm with you. I think the team's going to be better than... You know, people probably imagine. Um, my guess for them, I mean, high seventies on a win total would be my guess. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think they're going to necessarily like win this division because I still think there's a few teams that are ahead of them. Yeah, um, and that are better um, that we can that we'll hit on. But I, I think they're going to be a good team, competitive team. But I just don't quite think they're there yet. Yeah, but this will be a team. Uh, when you're playing DraftKings this year, you'll be rostering this team like crazy. You know, stacking this team, throwing out their pitchers. I mean, this Especially is a team. Home games. Yeah, so if you're a DraftKings person, you are going to be all over the Reds this year. Yeah. Um, so moving on to the next team projected um, is the Cubs. They're projected to come in third in the division, which I think is right on. Um, you got really? the Cardinals and the Brewers above them that are the top dogs, you know, and the Cubs, I just feel like. They missed their window. Not missed it because they won a World Series, of course. But like to go on a dynasty type run, I feel like they missed it. Well, we'll see what happens, right? Like if, if the Cubs, if the, here's why I like the Cubs. I do think Joe Madden's a great coach, but like I know I I think like him moving on is going to be a good thing for this team. You know, Dave yeah. Ross is the one I think stepping in. Yep. Um, you know, we'll see what happens, what they do with Chris Bryant. If, if they hold on to him and they have full confidence, which it seems like they're going to, I mean, the one, two, three with Bryant, Rizzo, Baez is as good as any team in baseball. Yeah. Um, the one thing you're going to see with Chris Bryant this year is I don't know how hard that guy's going to play. You know, and it's because he wanted a long term deal, they manipulated his time, and he's going, nope, you're stuck here one more year. He's like a prisoner. You know, when a player yeah. starts feeling like that, going, hey, I'm looking for my big contract. Why in the hell would I go out there and get a major injury or something? So I don't see Chris Bryant going absolutely nuts this year. Um, I have him as the second best team in, in this division. Okay. Um, I, I'm worried about their pitching staff. I've never really yeah, been a, I've never really been a U Darvish guy. Quintana, you know, I think he's a good pitcher, but nothing special. Mm-hmm. Um Kyle Hendricks, you know. Hendricks will get all the outs. You know, he's not yeah. getting a lot of strikeouts, but yeah, he's a solid pitcher. John Lester's getting old. Yeah, I mean, like, how, we've been how saying many that more years is he going to pitch? Yeah, I've been saying John Lester's getting old for like 10 years. So, <laughs> um, you know, so I, I think the team can hit for sure. I mean, if Jason Hayward and Contreras bring it, you know, as well, 
They added Jason Kipnis. I don't know what he's got left in the tank, but I think the team will be good. Like I, I could see the Cubs finishing in the 80s for sure. Yeah, I see um, them go more 500, but I just think they'll be underwhelming compared to the projections. Okay, so we're a little bit opposite on this one then. Yeah, so my next team I have at number two is the Brewers. Mm-hmm. You know, and I feel like the, the it's the Cardinals, the Brewers, and the Cubs all going to be fighting for that spot. You know, and if uh, it goes towards what your projection is with the Cubs. I feel like every team, all three of those teams, are going to be right around 90 wins, battling it out for the division and a wild card spot. Um, so, brings us to our next team. Well, yeah, the, the Brewers, I, I'm worried that they lost a lot. I, I think losing Yasmani Grandal is going to be really big for them. I mean, that dude absolutely crushes the ball. Uh, Moustakis, losing him. Gio and the staff, you know, he's nothing special. But then you lose guys like... Um, Jimmy Nelson, Thames, Shaw, they just lost a lot of pieces, you know? Yeah. And I know that they've got, you know, Yelich and Kane still in the middle of that lineup. Um, they got Hira. Yeah, uh, Hira. He uh, showed He's a lot legit. last year. Yeah, so they've got some pieces that are awesome. They added the Smoke Dog, which smoke I love. Smoke Dog. Yeah. I'm a big fan of the Smoke <laughs> Dog. Uh, and then Avisel Garcia. I like Garcia. So they've got a good team, but I just think they lost more than they got. You know, like that they added. So, you know, if Yelich is healthy, they're going to compete with anybody. Yeah. And the dude is putting up MVP seasons back to back to back. So, their big question last year was their bullpen. You know, and I feel like that's yeah. what they addressed the most this offseason was building up the bullpen. So, they did trade a little bit of like, hey, we lost some guys, but our bullpen is stronger than it's ever been. I think right? they finished behind the Cubs. All right. So, we'll battle that one out. But yeah, I really like this. Uh, I like the lineup, though. You know, I like Kane, Hira, Yelich, Smoke, Garcia. You know, that that five right there is solid. Ryan Braun, they're projecting to come off the bench. Um, Forget about him. Another guy's been getting old for like 10 years. Yeah. Well, ever since the steroid thing, right? So, Allegedly. Yeah, the Brewers will be interesting. Um, Yelich, we'll see if he can come back and have another huge season. You know, he's had two in a row, he just got paid. And he's going to get paid till he's, what, 50 years old? Yeah. I love that. It's so awesome. The, uh, was that Bobby Bonilla? Still yeah, getting paid. the best. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the Brewers are going to be interesting. And another team, I feel like you're going to be stacking guys um, in DraftKings quite a bit this year. Yeah. And then I think the team at the top, we can both agree on, right? Yeah, it's the Cardinals. I mean, the thing is with the Cardinals, you look at the, the names on the roster, and outside of Paul Goldschmidt, you're not going, oh, my God, what a star. There's no stars, and there never is on the Cardinals, but they know how to play baseball, and they're a solid team always. They, without, like, you know, the Brady, they're like the Patriots of the of baseball. Totally, like, and they're always in it. I mean, if Matt Carpenter can have a bounce back year because he had a down year last year, I mean, that team is going to be legit. Yachty is the <laughs> man. Yachty's the man, everyone. right? Like, yeah. Paul DeJong, he might hit 35-plus home runs this year as a shortstop. Yeah. You know, um, Paul Goldschmidt had a down year last year, and he still hit 35 home runs yeah. with 100 RBIs, 100 runs. You know, Dexter so. Fowler, we'll see. If, Cole Wong's know. legit too. You know, yeah. so this team, they're they're solid. Um, I think pitching staff's really really good. Um, and it's one of, again, it's one of those pitching staffs. You look at the names, and no one jumps off the page at you, but they're all legit. Stars. Well, they're just a staff that's going to get you like seven innings a night, keep you under three runs, four runs, give you a shot to win every single night for the most part. So, yeah. and they're a good a organization. Like, they're a good organization. They're yeah. going to pick pieces up when they need to, right? They're going to, sh- uh, they're even the little things like defensive shifting. They're better than other teams. Yeah. You know, it just comes from management, and uh, the Cardinals are going to be at the top, For as sure. always. I agree. All right, so we have it as uh, the Cardinals at the top, and then you have the Cubs in second place. I have the Brewers in second place. So we can flip-flop that with third. 
And then we have uh, the Reds in fourth, and then the Pirates, not even close. Yeah. So. Okay. So that's the NL Central. It's always an interesting division. It's going to be very competitive, and they're definitely going to be beating up on each other, just like the uh, AL West will probably do this year. Yeah. Um, so moving on to the NL East. I love this division. I know. I was just going to say, my, my bold take, even though they have the Marlins in that division, uh, may be the most complete division. Yeah. Right? Um, for sure. Like, they have four teams that could win this division. And not only win the division... They have four teams that are like, hey, these guys might be World Series contenders. You know, like they're in that pool of 10 teams that go, hey, they can all win 90 plus. Yeah, they're all inc- insanely talented. They've all got good pitching. Um, yeah, man, this, my only fear is like, does this division just beat up on each other? You know, and only yeah. squeak like one wild card team in because of that, you know? Yeah, um, it's a marathon, right? The MLB season, it's just a marathon. So who can stay healthy? You, I'm just saying in terms of like, are these teams just splitting series all year long? And right. we get to the, you know, at the end, you know, August, September range. And like, these teams are hovering in those, like, they're all, like three or four of them are in that like low 80s. Yeah. And, and it's like, well, who's going to break through? Like, they're all good. And I could see it being a great division, like battling each other. But then it's like, you beat up on each other while other teams run right by you. Yeah. You know? And I wouldn't even say this is a bull take, but I can just say it right now. The New York Mets, they're legit. <laughs> But I can see this. Watch. They're going to win 90 games and miss the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like, because yeah. that's the Mets. You know? <laughs> well, yeah. They're going to win a lot of games this year, I feel like. They're, I mean, their pitching staff is legit. Um, well, let's start from the bottom with the Marlins. So, we'll start with the bottom. The Marlins, uh, they've actually added some pieces with Villar and Corey Dickerson this year. Yeah. Um, I do like that. They're young. Yeah. You know, so they can come out in some games and they might put up 15 runs. And you go, what the hell? They're great. And then they go on a 15-game losing streak. Yep. You know, their pitching sure. staff's the same way. Sandy Alcantara, Caleb Smith, huge strikeout guys. Um, yeah, I really like Caleb Smith. You know, so they're, they're an interesting team in the next couple of years. I think Jeter is doing things the right way there. It's kind of what the Astros did oh, like yeah. 10 years ago, you know. They're, so They're just, their only goal right now is acquiring prospects and getting ready for 2021, 2022. So... We know what they are. You know, they'll be fine, but they're, they're not going to be a very good team. But I don't really put them in that, like, Mariners class of my, like, bottom of the barrel. Yeah. So. And they're uh, they're moving in their fences just like the Giants are this year. What are they doing with the roller or the rainbow roller coaster in left center? Um, apparently, they they're moving it? some structure. Yeah, yeah they're I hope leaving they keep it. it. They're moving. Yeah, I think they're keeping it. Okay. But they're moving in the fences about 10 feet in every, uh, every spot. God, I think so we're going to see more home runs in Miami this year, too. So Miami, you know, we obviously both have them going dead last. Um, they should be exciting at times, but they're not as exciting as the Blue Jays. No. You know, so it's like they're on that level with young players and stuff, but they're not Definitely even close not. to as exciting as the Blue Jays. Definitely so, not. Um, the next team, I think it's up for grabs because, again, these are the four. So we have the Braves, the Mets, the Phillies, and the Nationals. Who do you think comes in fourth in this division? Comes in fourth. Um... I want to say the Mets just because I think they're the Mets and like something's <laughs> going to happen on paper here today. The teams stacked, like you said, like really like Brandon Nemo, Pete Alonzo, Cano, if he can keep going, Conforto, Conforto, the Jim um, McNeil. Yeah, they've got they've got dudes. So if Jed Lowry can come back healthy this year, yeah, that is a huge impact that. guy, right? Like that was a foe that he missed last year. Everyone's mm-hmm. like, what the hell was that they about? They also, another piece that they added who I really like is Eduardo Nunes. 
Yep. Um, loved him when he was with the Giants. He went to Boston, helped them win a title. Like he he's a really good piece, and he's gonna fill in on a lot of different spots. And you know, I I know it's like the last time we talk about, it, but like their pitching staff's good. You know, I mean, Degrom and Syndergaard are as good as it gets. Stroman. Stroman's a good player. Steven Matz, I I can't say he's, he's a good just player. their he's just their lefty in the rotation. Yeah, <laughs> and then they added Porcello, which I think will be solid. Um, it's can DeGrom and Syndergaard stay healthy? Can DeGrom keep it going with, you know, another Cy Young bout? I don't know, man. I just feel like the Mets are just going to somehow screw this up. Yeah, I love their bullpen, though. You know, they uh, Edwin Diaz as the um, closer. They picked up Dylan Betances, Familia, and Seth Lugo. Yeah. I mean, that is a really solid bullpen. So I think bullpens carry teams throughout seasons, you know, through the marathon of seasons, you know, so. They did lose that Mazda kid. I don't really like that. <laughs> um, bad move, bad move. Uh, right. Another thing about the um, the Mets is Jake Marisnik. I think that was a huge addition. He's one of those guys, you know, he's not going to start 140 games or anything yeah. like that, but he's going to be a spot player and he's a, crazy athletic and he was a big piece of the Astros um, success over the last few years talk about a guy that like got out the right time <laughs> yeah seriously who would have thought going to the Mets would be like a like a breath of fresh yeah, air yeah he's like whew. um <laughs> all right who who do you have finishing fourth so it's between the Mets and the Nationals and the Nationals because it is so hard to go back to back years after World Series mm-hmm. you know um Especially after these pitchers like Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin just unloading innings in the playoffs. They you know? are, but they're just frontline studs. And they're studs. But again, the marathon of an MLB season, you yeah. know, it's like, are they rested enough to really do it? So I think the Nationals might be one of those teams that just, they're just going to underperform, you know, yeah. because it's the, the hangover. No, for sure. I, I look at it a little differently. Like, I think they finish above the Mets purely from, I, I, like, Scher- I like Scherzer, Strasburg more than DeGrom, Syndergaard. And oh, I just wow. think they're, I just okay. think they're more, um, just more thoroughbreds. Like they're going to bring it. They're big lumbering dudes, Mad Max, you know, the guy's arm could literally be hanging by a thread and he's yeah. like, give me the ball. Um, now I love Corbin. Corbin's a great pitcher. Yeah. Corbin's awesome. And you know, the lineup's got some serious talent, right? Like Robles, Turner, you got Juan Soto. Well, just Soto and Robles alone. Is gonna, they're yeah. going to be studs for the next 10 years. You, you know, know, but there's no denying losing Rendon in the middle of that lineup is going to hurt them. It's going to hurt them a ton. I mean, they're trying to replace him with this Drupal Cabrera or maybe Carter Keboom if he can come up. But they picked yeah. up Starling Castro yeah. this offseason. Um, he never lived up to the hype that he had with the Yankees, you know? Mm-hmm. If you look at his numbers, he's actually a very solid MLB player. Yeah, no. You know, but he just didn't live up to that hype that everyone was expecting from him. Yeah. So I can see Starlin Castro being a huge contributor here. Um, even guys got, you got Ryan Zimmerman, right? Yeah. Like, the guy is going to spot play and hit bombs. I look at him as kind of like when the Giants first won that World Series. Like, they have a few frontline starters. And now that the young kids in the lineup have kind of gotten battle-tested and won a championship, like... I think they bounce back with a good season. I don't think they repeat, you know, or anything. Yeah. But I think they're battle tested in the sense that, like, they know what it takes now and they can get it done. So that's why I have them above the Mets. Yeah. Personally. No, and that's the thing. You have them because of that reason. And then I have the Mets because I think Nationals are just going to go through a little hangover this year. I can see the Nationals next year making another run at it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just this year, I think the hangover is real. So who do you have out of the next two? Who do you have finishing second? So second tough one too um it's between the phillies and the braves um Mm -hmm. i think phillies are gonna have a comeback here this year yeah um but they're still not gonna outpace the braves Uh, so i think phillies at number two 
And the reason why the Phillies at two, their pitching staff, I just don't know if it's going to come through. Aaron Nola is legit. He's young. Mm-hmm. Um, but who knows? Zach Wheeler, anytime a pitcher does this, I swear to God, he's going to have a five ERA this year. You know, it's like it's yeah. a big year in New York Mets, and then he goes to where it actually matters and like yep. big games and actually do stuff. I think he's going to underperform. Jake Arietta, I think he's on the down big he's been on the downside um yeah zach efflin you know he's shown spots where he can do some big things and the same with vince velasquez yeah you know but they're not guys that you're they're not going to compete with the uh the nationals and the mets pitching rotations no they're not um but i think their lineup is better than those teams yes you know? they have a lot of big names in their lineup they do they, they do have some name power you know um you got, obviously you know jt bryce and hoskins in the middle there, I do really like to add adding Didi if he's healthy. Yeah, That's having good. Didi and Gene Segura in the same lineup, I think, is so Dude, dangerous. It's gonna be great. And then you forget, you know, he's on the downside, obviously, but McCutcheon's still a good player. When he was healthy last year, he was the reason they were winning. Yeah, so he was the difference maker. I think this team's got the better lineup. I want to say, and we'll we'll hit on it a little bit. I mean, it's gonna kind of dovetail into it, but like, I think they're a better lineup. I would give the edge to the Braves if they still had Josh Donaldson. Okay. I think losing Donaldson is going to be big for the Braves. I still think they're they're really good. Um, and I like their staff better. But I think on paper, I would take the Phillies. Because I'm, I'm just a big believer. I, you know, I, I come around to like going from a hater to I'm on the Bryce Harper train. Yeah. I think he goes kind of goes kind of off yeah Bryce Harper's hard to hate man it's like yeah like early in his career and his his the big flashy name and the long hair and all that kind of stuff but if you look at him outside of baseball the guy doesn't cause these huge waves you know he works hard and so he's a guy I'm rooting for Bryce Harper I do want him to do well I think he I think he goes over 40 bombs this year I think he has a huge comeback season this year and then you know he's surrounded by all these guys you have to pitch to him yeah you know, um, you're not just going to be walking Bryce Harper like crazy. So and let Hoskins and DD clean up. Yeah, it's exactly. Not so, okay. And then uh, as far as Atlanta goes, Atlanta, man, they're they're fun, dude. You got yeah. Mike Soroka. Um, Cole Hamels came there. He's a great fill-in piece. Uh, Mike Fultanowitz, um, same kind of thing. He's going to log a lot of innings for you. Max Fried showed a lot last year. Mm-hmm. He's a great lefty. Um, and the big surprise coming out of free. Uh, spring training is King Felix. Felix. They said he is dealing yeah. in spring training right now. So Dude, if he returns to like 80% of what he was in his prime, like, I mean, talk about a guy getting a breath of fresh air, you know, out of Seattle. Like, yeah. I think he's going to have a pretty good season if he makes his club. I do as well. I think he's going to be a big headline this year all throughout the year. You know, and then the, the team's great. You know, you got. Uh, I mean, Acuna, Acuna alone, man, he almost hit the the forty forty club last year. What he was like two steals away or something. He's the... a, he's a, he's a freaking stud. Ozzy, Freddie Freeman's obviously awesome. Adding Azuna, I like Azuna. Piece. Um, yeah. He's not going to replicate everything Josh Donaldson did, but what Azuna is is he's a very clutch player. Yeah, and I feel like he's it's actually a bigger loss for the Cardinals losing him. You know, yeah. but we'll see. Yeah, and we'll see what Dancy Swans, Swanson can do. And he's Dansby is you know he he might win a Gold Glove someday that kind of thing. He's a great defending shortstop. He might he's kind of he reminds me of like a Brandon Crawford. Yeah, not as good on defense early in his career, but that's the kind of player he is. Yeah. Um. So I think he's a solid piece as well. Um. I don't know the Braves for some reason. I just look at their lineup and they looked better last year with Donaldson. Like you said, that that's is what I'm the saying. big. That's, that's something the, to me. Like at. 
I know he's not MVP Josh Donaldson, but I still think he's like an important dude for a, a clubhouse and just being like a good player. So I think that hurts him. I think Phillies win this division. Um, that's my prediction. Yeah, this might be this the NL East and the AL West. I think might be the most fun divisions to watch this year. Yep. Um, so and again, you're gonna be trying to roster Phillies guys and Braves guys under DK like crazy this year, but it's gonna be tough because every one of those the big names. Big They're going to be priced up like crazy, but... All right. I know we're wrapping it up here. Uh, do we have any updates, Chris Davis? So, Chris Davis. Um, Chris Davis has not been hitting home runs, but he's posting a 467 average. All right. And I think his OPS is 1,650. So, the guy the guy has gone on base in every single spring training game. Uh, he's at least drawn a walk, and he gets RBIs, sack flies, stuff like that. Chris Davis is about to have a year this year. He's going 40 home runs or bust. And if he hits over 230, he's an all-star. The official <laughs> podcast. My man, Chris Davis. Oh, Chris Davis. It's my goal to get him on this year. That would be great. All right. I think that pretty much does it. Well, don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, tweet us out, write us messages. We're on Twitter. Um, yeah. That's pretty much all yep. I got. Can't wait for baseball season to start. Doing some uh, DraftKings uh, lineups and projections daily for you guys. So we're gearing up for the MLB season here during this uh, dead time. That's all I got. All right. Later. Later.